What song is it you want to hear? Welcome to the Secret Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Jacobs. The Secret Chord explores spirituality through the lens of great music. And we're sponsored by SuperJeweler.com, my favorite online fine jewelry destination. And without further ado, please enjoy this podcast. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to episode 39 of the Secret Chord Podcast. We are here this week to discuss one of the biggest bands of all time, known as the Bee Gees. And they were a pop music group formed in 1958, believe it or not, in the Isle of Man, which is right by England. And their lineup consisted of brothers Barry, Robin, and Maurice Gibb. And that's why their name Bee Gees stands for the Brothers Gibb. The trio were especially successful as a popular music act in the late 1960s and early 1970s, and later as prominent performers of the disco music era in the mid to late 1970s. The group was famous for their great vocals and sang amazing, easily recognizable three-part tight harmonies. Robin's clear vibrato-led vocals were a hallmark of their earlier hits, while Barry's R&B falsetto became their signature sound during the mid to late 1970s and 80s. The Bee Gees wrote all of their own hits, as well as writing and producing several major hits for other artists. The Bee Gees are widely referred to by many critics, media outlets, and fellow artists as the kings of disco. The Bee Gees have sold over 120 million records worldwide, making them one of the world's best-selling artists of all time. And several sources, including Billboard, list their sales as high as 220 million. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 97, and the presenter of the award to Britain's first family of harmony was none other than Brian Wilson, historical frontman of the Beach Boys, who we profiled last week, another family act featuring three harmonizing brothers. The Bee Gees Hall of Fame citation says, Only Elvis Presley, The Beatles, Michael Jackson, Garth Brooks, and Paul McCartney have outsold the Bee Gees. Not too shabby. So, the Bee Gees were one of the first bands that I was highly aware of as a young kid. They were everywhere and had a really extraordinary string of hits in the late 1970s. They were on lunchboxes, games, TV, and all over the magazines in the supermarket checkout aisles. But today, we're not going to focus on the Bee Gees' incredibly successful disco period. Instead, let's check out some of their earlier stuff, which is quite different but equally as good in my opinion. Their ninth album, Trafalgar, was released in late 71, and the single, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, was the first number one hit in the U.S. charts, while their song, Israel, reached 22 in Europe. How Can You Mend a Broken Heart also brought the Bee Gees their first Grammy Award and nomination for Best Pop Performance. But let's have a listen to their second hit off that album. This is Israel by the great Bee Gees. Put the writing on the wall Israel Hey 
So this is a simple, pretty soul tune that almost sounds like it could be Al Green. Barry's voice is great here. This was before his falsetto stage, and when he sings high, he gets a bit gruff sounding in a good way. These guys always had very tight harmony, and this tune is no exception. I also like the use of timpani at the end, which doesn't happen too often in popular music. And there's just one lyric I'd like to consider from this. They sing, Israel, you make the whole world think about you. And if they don't, they'll find a reason to shout, Israel, Israel. Now to get a little theological. As was described in the book of Numbers more than 3,000 years ago by the prophet Bilam, 
Israel is, quote-unquote, a nation that dwells alone, an anomaly that doesn't quite fit into the historical norms of peoplehood. Some people notice this, and it stirs a hatred in them. Others do, and nonetheless love them for it. There's a fascinating book on this phenomena called The Israel Test by the economist George Gilder that I highly recommend. In it, he writes, Locked in a debate over Israel's alleged vices, they miss the salient truth running through the long history of anti-Semitism. Israel is hated, above all, for its virtues. It's clear where the brothers Gibb came down on this debate as they happily sing, Oh, take me into your arms and make me feel your goodness, Israel. This is a spiritual band. And speaking of their spirituality, Barry commenting on religion said once, Religion in and of itself and spirituality are the absolute pure tools of a songwriter. For instance, if you listen to mountain music or immigrant music or bluegrass music, religion was the only subject. So when you listen to that kind of music, you realize that they didn't have anything else but religion. So religion over the years and through rock and roll and through people like Elvis, listen to him singing gospel music. Come on. It never went away. It never will. And the idea of the true faith is behind every artist that ever really gets to the place where they want to be. Nice. So now, let's pivot from the Bee Gees as a soul group to a country band and hear an example of that religiously-themed music Barry was talking about. This is off their 1970 album Cucumber Castle. This is The Lord by the Great Bee Gees. Said the stole sticks around. You can believe what you wanna, but I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna believe in the Lord. You can believe what you wanna, but I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna believe in the Lord. You think you live on laughter, but you don't know what's after singing hallelujah. I can know the master. You can believe what you wanna, but I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna believe in the Lord. You can believe what you wanna, but I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna believe in the Lord. Yeah. When my life is over, lying feels a clover.
I love that tune. So this was written by Barry and Maurice. The Lord is written in the style of a country gospel track with a nice, fast-picked acoustic guitar introduction. As is always the case, their harmony is great and shows that they really absorbed whatever style they took on. Does this even sound like the Bee Gees that we all know and love? The remarkable thing is just how many serious theological issues this little cheeky tune takes on in two and a half minutes. For instance, what do you get for trying? Minute you're born, you're dying. The body is six feet down. The Lord says the soul sticks around. So right there, they deal with a life's purpose, mortality, and the existence of the soul. And then they go on to say, You think you live on laughter, but you don't know what's after. Sing hallelujah. I can know the master. Is life all about having a good time? Eat, drink, and be merry? Is this world all that there is? Well, we've dealt with these issues many times, and I'm always happy to come across them in pop songs, which, in my estimation, is all that music is ever really about. What did they suggest? You can believe what you want, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe in the Lord. By the way, if you like their country sound, check out Sweetheart or Bury Me Down by the River on that same album, and you'll just be amazed. They're a really good country band. And now, for our main feature, let's go back to the Trafalgar album. Let's listen to I Don't Want to Live Inside Myself, once again, by the great Bee Gees. Much 
Now that is an exceptionally beautiful tune. This is a slow, dramatic piano ballad that has similar chord structure to Neil Young's Helpless, which actually came out a year before, so who knows? I generally love Barry's voice, but I especially like it here. He has a pained and sincere bluesy quality, which almost sounds like Van Morrison to me. I also like Maurice's slightly distorted bass and gospel piano parts, and the orchestral background works really well here. I think people forget just how talented these guys were. Yes, they had some cheesy tunes, but to me they represented the very best of the disco era and made fantastic music in multiple genres many years even before that. This song was described by Robin in their liner notes of Tales from the Brothers Gib box set as the dawning or the closing of the gotta find out who I really am era. So I'm not so sure that the era ever came to a close or even could come to a close? What does it mean to even find out who I really am? What would the answer look like? Am I, for instance, really a welder? I'm not really sure that any profession could describe who I really am, as professions change, and in any event, we aren't engaged with them much of the time. So who am I when I'm not working? What if I find out that I'm really an angry person? What should I do with that? I suppose it'd be helpful to become consciously aware of that so I might be able to fix it, But is a character trait really who I am? Again, not really, as traits change and are active or inactive at various times during the day. So I don't know if Robin Gibb ever discovered who he really was, but I do know that most people sadly do not. Despite the fact that the thing that they are most familiar with in this universe is themselves. Well, there's no more of a spiritual theme than this. Barry sings that he doesn't want to live inside himself. But who is he talking about? Who's the one who doesn't want to live inside himself? Who's himself? It seems to me that the self that he doesn't want to live inside is his own body, the source of all of our confusion about our identity. In the same way that we are not our jobs, or our names, or our relationships, or our traits, we are also not really our bodies, 
any more than our clothes are. The soul is who we really are, and anyone who spends any amount of time searching for themselves is simply trying to realize this. Our true selves is our moment-to-moment consciousness, minus the negativity and confusion, which is a product of the body. They sing, I am the searcher of my fortunes. I've got my right hand on the wheel. We've got to dig for buried treasures. I know exactly how I feel. All positive thoughts, feelings, and actions are products of the soul. Fortunately, there's no place that one must go or any amount of money to pay to take possession of it. It's at this moment of fundamental possession of all of humanity and the single greatest thing that we could have. Choosing to step out of our own way is all that's required to come into closer contact with it. Here's a little exercise to help you do it, should you like. In the course of your week, identify your negative thoughts, feelings, and actions as they come up. Tell yourself that they're not really you, that the true you is pure and good and only wants goodness. Strive to draw a distinction between these two aspects of your life, and in so doing, you will slowly come to more closely identify with your inner self. Over time, you may come to feel that you really do want to live inside yourself, your true self, that knows no upset, pessimism, anger, despair, or hate. Wouldn't that be a nice way to be? Wouldn't the world be so great if we all chose to do that? Well, those are my thoughts on the wonderful music and personalities of the Brothers Gibb, the Bee Gees, It's been a pleasure exploring them with you. And as always, we look forward to being back next week with more music and more ideas. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Please consider leaving a comment or a review to help us spread the word. And please subscribe to the podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms. To support us, please visit our Patreon account. And if you'd like to communicate with me directly, please feel free to email me at ajacobs at h.com. The Secret Chord is produced and engineered by Naor Cohen.